Welcome to Tice Talks, where we discuss all things faith and family. Today, we have a question that is posed. What's the opposite of love? That's the question. Today, we want to ask the question, what is the opposite of love? Now, what are you thinking? You're, you're listening to this podcast. What are you thinking the opposite of love is? How about you, oh, Charity? Okay, well, my first thoughts are, I want to say hate, but I'm not going to because that's the obvious answer, okay. and I know you, so okay. it's not going to be hate. So what? I, any other things? I don't know. The opposite of love. Um, I don't know. Grace came up Evol. with one. Evol. Uh, E-V-O-L. Yeah. Evol. Evol. E-V-O-L. That's, that's okay. Me and my smartness. Coming about... out before, we tell, before you tell us what the opposite of love is, will you tell us when you first told mom what? how you loved her? Oh, well, yeah. I can tell you. I can. I, uh, I was walking up a stairwell with her. And oh no, that was the first time she told me I love you. Did I she say I, it first? No, I. Oh, okay, I, I'm like, wait a second. I told her I, I love her like the first week that I saw her. <laughs> I like, you are beautiful. I love you, and scared the daylights out of her. That's why she broke up with me. That's why I had to ask her to marry me three times before she <laughs> she finally said yes. And her mother finally agreed. That was it. So he falls in love awfully quick. Uh, so the first time you told her though that you loved her was within three weeks. No, probably within three weeks. Yeah, I told and her. So I love her. What'd she say? And she waited like for a year, and then she was walking up a stairwell one day, and I said to her, like, "I love you." Did she say it on accident or no, something? No, she's. I said, "I love you," and she looked back and said. I love you too. I could take you to the very spot. Oh, the stairwell at their Christian college. Hmm. Mm, it's a, hmm. This is why at my Christian college we weren't even allowed to be in stairwells alone oh no, no, with each other. A, this was an open stairwell. <laughs> she was walking up, and I was standing underneath the banister, and she was walking Aww. up, and 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 she was like about a foot ab- ab- in, above me, and uh, I said. I love you. And she said, I love you too. Okay, so this is like after a year of dating, were you just used to saying I love you all the time without an answer? Yeah. <laughs> That's a lot. She, she would say thank you and she'd say oh and she'd walk away and uh, she'd say all sorts Just of stuff. blush. That's so. really, that's really, really cute. Yeah. <laughs> I love it. Okay. So what's the opposite? <laughs> the opposite of the love. The opposite of love. Here's what the Bible says. In 1 John chapter 4, the Bible says, and we have known and believed the love that God hath to us. God is love, and he that dwelleth in love dwelleth in God, and God in him. So we know that God is love, so that's not the opposite. Here's what he says. Herein is our love made perfect, that we may have boldness in the day of judgment. If God's love is working in me, it gives me boldness hmm. to do things that I would not typically do. Oh, I think Why? I know what it is Why? now. <laughs> because, because as he is, so are we in the world. And then it says, there is no fear I know in love, <laughs> but perfect love casteth out fear because fear hath torment. He wow. that feareth is made perfect in love. So the opposite awesome. of love is fear. Now, I thought, how does that work out practically? And I thought thought about several different things. I thought about about when I was a teenager, I had a good friend named Mark. Mark and I rode motorcycles together. We did all sorts of wonderful things together, fun things together, teenage things. Uh, But I never wanted to invite Mark to church because I was afraid 
of him thinking that I was going to be this goody-goody churchgoer. Wasn't cool. Yeah, and I wanted to be cool, and so I didn't tell him how he could know for sure he was going to heaven. I didn't invite him to church. I didn't even know how to tell somebody how to get saved. But you had like a but, stirring but, in your heart that you needed to invite yes, him to church at I thought, times? Over and over, I, huh. I thought I should invite Mark to church. I should invite Mark to church. I should invite Mark to church, and I never did. And though he was my friend, I never did. And then one day, Mark and his friend Troy, my friend, they were driving down a road on a motorcycle, a Honda 70 motorcycle. They were, we were, they were heading back from a school activity. They weren't supposed to be there on their motorcycles. They were supposed to ride the bus. They were heading back. They crossed uh, Losey Road at Cheyenne. And a and, as and back they, then that would have just been dirt, yeah, like my acres of dirt. Yes, uh huh. Yeah. So so they're past. They, they're heading that way, and the light. Just as you're approaching the light, it turned green. So so Troy, Mark was riding on the back of Troy. But Troy hit the gas and just zoomed through. And as soon as he did, somebody ran the red light, uh, coming the opposite direction, and he hit that car and smashed that car. Troy's bike went underneath the car, and Troy went underneath the car. Mark flipped over the top of the car, landed on the other side of the car. He was perfectly okay, but then another car ran at the same red light and smashed into him and killed him instantly. And I, I hadn't seen, I mean, I, I thought, man, that's terrible. The next day I heard about it, I thought, man, I never invited him to church. I never invited him to church. It was about a week later. Mark and I had worked together in our wood shop at school. We went to J.D. Smith Junior High, and we were in the ninth grade, and we were working in our wood shop uh, in school. Together, we built a a, uh, a bench press um, back then in my muscular days, <laughs> and we built a bench press, and we built it together. I went outside because it was at my house, I went outside and I turned it over one day to, to tighten the screws on it, and there was a signature by Mark, and there was a circle right there in the middle of the bench press, and it said, Mark was here. Hmm. And I thought, Mark was here, but now, as far as I know, nobody ever told him about Jesus, and Mark is in hell. And I thought, man. And the reason I didn't tell him was because of fear, Fear caused me not to love Mark. Because if I loved him, I would have told him the truth. I would have told him. I, I, wanted, I was more concerned about myself and my reputation and not being considered the goody two-shoes that I did not tell Mark what love was. Fear caused me not to to love. Wow. I think about that over, I think about that in other situations. A, a, a girl uh, recently uh, got pregnant out of wedlock. Why? Why? She, she, she. Fear of rejection. Yeah, she, she, the, the boy said to her, well, if you love me, you'll let me. And, and, and why, why, why wouldn't you? And uh, yeah, out of fear, of rejection, she didn't in love say, no, this is not now. She didn't in love say, I, I want to be obedient to, to God. She, out of fear, again, of rejection, she did not love properly. She she did the wrong thing. And then I think, I think too, 
just several weeks ago here in Las Vegas, the high school I went to was Rancho High School. Several weeks ago, it was, it's been reported now, and not on major news networks, but it's obviously now true, there were 15 young men who one man got one young man got in a fight with another young man and then 14 of his friends came around and an entire gang beat up this young man and killed him at the high school at the high school oh my goodness here in Vegas and uh, the one I went to and and they just they, they were merciless and there's actually videos of them doing this and until this boy died and you think why would why why would they do that was it because they were uh, macho was because they're tough. It was because they're men. Because they're no. It's because they feared. Mm. Not not one of those fifteen had enough love to to stand up and say no. We can't do this. And now many of them are up uh, for being convicted of wow. murder uh, because of a lack of love. And then there was too much fear for anybody to stand up and do what was right. So. The opposite of love is fear. We we make wrong decisions. We do the wrong things. Why don't we witness? Why don't I go out and tell somebody about the Lord? Because I fear instead of hmm. loving. Love is my motivation. If it's, it's my motivation, then I will do the hard thing. Hmm. I uh, particularly got that from the passage of Jairus. Jairus mm-hmm. was a ruler in the synagogue. So he had a a great big fat uh, religious position. Yes. So yes. he was noted, and mm-hmm. he was he was considered holy. And I'm sure he walked around with all the dignity of a pastor in a suit and a tie, yes. and looking so good. And and everybody thought he, if there was anybody that had all the answers, it was Jairus. But his daughter got sick. Hmm. His daughter got. Uh, violently sick and and to the point where she was going to die. And Jairus had heard about Jesus. So this dignified, stand-up guy that knows everything sees Jesus, and what does he do? He runs to him and falls down, gives up all dignity, doesn't care what anybody thinks, doesn't care what anybody feels, doesn't care what anybody says about him. Love compelled him to fall down at the feet of Jesus and say, please, please save my daughter. He gave up everything, gave up. There was no fear of rejection, no, that, 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 that love for his daughter cast out fear. Wow, that's so beautiful. And love brings boldness. So what is it that we need to do to build that love in our lives then? That's a good question. What do we do to build love in our lives? I think the fact of the matter is we need to, we need to. Uh, it's interesting, in Deuteronomy, the Bible tells us that we need to teach our children something. And this is what the Bible says. This is what Moses told the children of Israel that they need to do. He said, when you go into the promised land, you need to teach your children to keep the commandments. And how do they keep the commandments? He said, this is how you teach your children to keep the commandments. You teach them to love the Lord God with all their heart and with all their soul and with all their might. And he said, "He said you, you need to diligently teach this to your children and to your children's children. 
focus on teaching your children to love God. Now, how do you teach your children to love God? You teach your children to love God by teaching them all that Jesus did for us. Hmm. You teach them that Jesus was willing to be spit upon, that Jesus was willing to have his face uh, slapped, that Jesus was willing to be beaten. You teach them what Jesus went through. You teach them who Jesus is, that he left heaven, came to this earth, that he was the God, he is the God of gods and King of kings and Lord of lords, that he sits upon a throne, that he is high and lifted up, that he is holy, that he is just and he is good. But he left all the admiration and all the praise that there was in heaven so he could come to this earth to suffer and die an agonizing death, again, to be spit upon, then to be hung on a cross. I talked to our teenagers today about the fact that they took Jesus and they took a cat of nine tails, which was a, a wicked, wicked whip that had it was a, a, a stick with nine leather straps attached to it. And then attached to those leather straps were bear claws. There was, there was uh, anything that would rip skin. There was metal mm. pieces, anything that could, rip, would rip, could rip skin open was attached there. And the person who used that knew exactly how to use it to rip the back, the skin off of the person who was whipping, and they would whip over 40 times to, to, till, till the, the body was beaten black and blue and ripped to shreds. Oftentimes, the insides of individuals would fall out and they would die right there on the spot. Jesus took that and did, went through all that agonizing pain. The Bible says in Hebrews, for the joy that was set before him. The Bible says he endured the cross despising the shame for the joy that was set before him. I think we teach our children what hell is. We teach our children what what life is without him. And then we teach him what he did for us there on the cross and what he does for us day by day. And then we grow in our admiration and our love for him because of what he's done for us. In fact, the Bible says we love him only because he first loved us. And so we teach our children to love God. When they love God, they'll keep his commandments, and his commandments are that we love one another hmm. and that we love our neighbor and even that we love our enemy and so that we, we are to walk in love uh, and we're to, to love one another with the way he loved us. So if we teach our children to love God, then we're going to teach them to love. And when we teach them to love, then they will cast out fear. Hmm. I love what you that you brought up the Deuteronomy passage because so often, like I'm definitely a homeschool advocate, Christian school advocate. I'm, I'm so for you know Christian education and being able to teach your kids really? about you. Yeah, believe it or not. Really? <laughs> okay. So because we homeschool, like you know that we homeschool our four kids, and we have for the last fifteen years, and I was homeschooled, but I've noticed that there are so if you just observe. The families, you can have people that are homeschooling. You have people that are in Christian school. You have people that are in public school. It's the families that are invested in their children that are continually teaching their children. Homeschool doesn't matter. Christian school doesn't matter. I do know, like, there are a lot of influences they're going to get that are um, that are worldly influences. I, I, honestly, at any of those. At home, our kids have gotten influenced by our neighbor kids, you know, so it doesn't yeah. you, you're not like guarding, 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 you know, you can't. It's there. But it's the families that 
intentionally are teaching the kids themselves. And I think it's so important what you said. It's the fathers teaching these kids. This is what the Bible says. This is what love is. This is who God is. And of course, continually taking them and involving them in church. And But it's not just, hey, let the church raise them. Let the Christian school raise them. Oh, they're homeschooled. They'll turn out fine. Because that's not the case. That's, that's not the case at all. It has to be major involvement by mom and dad doing exactly what Deuteronomy said. God said, here, this is the plan. Yeah, this is it. It is definitely, and that's that's Old Testament. That the for the Israelites, New Testament. God says in Proverb or in um, Ephesians six four, and you fathers, provoke not your children to wrath. Don't live a life in such a way that they are frustrated with you, and and you're provoking them to wrath. But bring them up in the nurture and the admonition of the Lord. Bringing up is something that starts when a child is born up to the time they're 20 and and it's mm-hmm. a it's a 20 year process of bringing them up and and spending time with them and teaching them how to love and we don't just say do that through our words we do that through who we are yeah. if we're if we're unloving and telling our children to love it's like the guy that's smoking cigarettes and telling his kids not to smoke this isn't good for you i'm sorry right. i got the problem but you can you, you don't have to have this it's like the Pharisees. I always think of Jesus. I recently have been thinking about this a lot when Jesus says to the people, hey, do what the Pharisees do, but don't do their actions. Right. Because they're not doing what—they're they're telling you the truth about this is—yeah, these are good things. Follow these good things. But they're not even following their good things. It's a do-as-I-say-not-as-I-do mentality. Like, they were living such wicked, corrupt lives— and yet telling everybody else to do. And I thought that passage is interesting to me because it doesn't matter who your leaders are. God's saying, hey, it's on you to follow what the truth is. Do do what's right. I mean, I think about you, like your dad died when you were 10. You know, it's like, okay, (laughs) wild child, God is your father now, and there's, you know, there's nothing. But then once you get to your, your 20, you are accountable straight to the Lord, and you are responsible for your decisions and yeah. your your actions. You have a wonderful mom, but she had to work and support a family of five. But I just find that that whole passage I've been meditating on a lot because I keep thinking, wow, I don't want to be the Pharisee that's telling people this is how you should live and then not following through on, on my yeah. own end. But then I also think it's my responsibility, not my leader's responsibility, whether they're living what's right. I need to follow what God is teaching me and doing what's right. When you said the how perfect love casteth out fear and that it builds boldness, it makes me think of our kids because they really have no fear of telling anybody how to get saved. How to I know, and if we don't tell them, and they they aren't you going to give them a track? Aren't you going to tell them? Aren't you going to? Aren't you going <laughs> to? Just last week, Lincoln said to me, <laughs> we were at the we were at Walmart. And he had given out, he passes out so many tracks. Lincoln's nine, and he turns 10 next week, and he's so friendly. And he said to me, hey, you didn't give that light. You didn't give her one? And I said, I don't have any. You gave out my last one. And she's kind of stand, she's standing there looking at me because he's like whispering, acting weird. And I said, he wants to, and then he said, because he said to me, well, then why don't you just tell her? So I said, 
He would like me to tell you about our church and how you can know you're going to heaven. <laughs> the lady was so sweet. She And I said, because I had said to her, said to him, I said, why don't you run out into the car and get one? And so she looked at she looked at me and she said, well, why don't you run out to the car and get one <laughs> to Lincoln? And he's like, okay. So we went and got the paper, the pamphlet, and gave it. She said, I've been looking for a church. But they have that boldness. Yep. They don't have the fear of the world telling he doesn't care what the lady thinks of him. He's thinking, we talked to that lady. She's going to burn in hell if we don't tell her that, about Jesus. That's exactly right. But it is. We have our fears of, you know, all the things that are proper. And uh, this isn't the way you do it. Like yep. that's, And I'll tell my kid, that's, you haven't even talked to that person. It's weird. What are you doing? <laughs> I remember when Matthew was five years old, we, we were walking into a McDonald's one day in Barstow. There, there you have these trains that are turned into, that are part of the restaurant, the McDonald's restaurant. So you get your McDonald's order and you walk down these train cars. Barstow's a big train depot from years ago. So we walk down. I'm, I'm walking in. Well, we walk by. That's a, why a that lady. train is there with McDonald's. I had no idea. Oh, this is, is there... all like light bulbing right now in my mind. <laughs> so <laughs> did you know that? See, Grace didn't know that either. So we walk. We walk in to the. We get our food. We walk in. As we walk in, she's just staring at this lady who's sitting in the chair behind us. And when she's smoking a cigarette, and uh, and and he just keeps watching her. So I come in, I sit down, and now the lady is in back of of where Matthew was sitting. So his back should be to her, but and she's facing our table, uh, but but you can't see him if you're sitting down. So Matt gets up, looks over the back of the chair at the woman. And, and said, hey, lady, you know that cigarette smoking will kill you? How old is he? <laughs> I'm like four, four or five years old. Oh, you're so, like, well, the boldness. You love the person. That's I'm right. glad you that, care. This is, this is not good for you to be smoking those cigarettes. Well, so. I love how the Bible teaches that when our faith, you know, that when our faith helps cast out fear, you know, like when we have and we can grow our faith by the Bible says, faith cometh by hearing and hearing by the word of God. And I know the more I studied the Bible, the less I fear about the world that's in all this, you know, it's going to hell in a handbasket, whatever a handbasket is. Is that like a basket with a handle? I guess so. Okay. But you hear that I fear more when I'm focusing on all the news. Yep. But when I'm focusing on the word of God and letting that indwell my heart and my mind and focusing on that— it really does help my faith to grow and my love for people and caring about whether they die and go to hell helps me love my representatives instead of just thinking of them as, oh, this idiot that doesn't know what they're doing. They're somebody that doesn't have Jesus yeah. and they're trying to help rule our state and our nation. So we have loved getting to talk about what the opposite of love is. That's exactly and right. And I so, hope we all know that it's fear now. Yes. <laughs> it's not hate. <laughs> it's fear. But thank you so much for joining us today. This is Tice Talks. And it's more than a conversation.